The following program deals with military and veteran issues. All comments and opinions expressed on this show are those who made them. They do not reflect the opinions of the Church of Satan or Radio Free Satan. So on with the show. Official Infernal Legion podcast. This is the Sinister Scuttlebutt episode for the month of February, year 57, Anno Satanus. And I am your host, Warlock Jeff Bowling, commander of the Infernal Legion. Joining me as always is my co-host, the furry, lovable man himself, Warlock Dwayne Burns, and our producer, Warlock Jeff Ivans. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, you guys have a, a, something you, you need to talk about. Right. <laughs> Let's discuss why we didn't do a podcast last month, shall we? Because it starts with me. It starts with me. I had a family issue that I had to take care of, and so I had to cancel. And then the next week, when we were going to get it knocked out, what happened, Dwayne? <laughs> uh, my uh, little one got sent home. My youngest got sent home from uh, school because of uh, COVID protocols because she got exposed to someone at school. So I went to school, picked her up, and brought her home, did the whole COVID thing. She was negative, and next day my son comes home sick and decides he's going to get everybody else sick because he got it from work. (laughs) So the day after you test negative, you get COVID. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to... And I'm going to tell you, I, the, I, I'm so glad I got vaccinated because uh, that shit would have kicked my ass. How how was it in general? Like how did? Um, I could lay here and talk to you and breathe, and I would feel like I had a chest full of chocolate pudding. Oh, that's rough. um, a lot of hot flashes, a lot of chills. Um, couldn't taste shit and headache. Right. Uh, um, Alyssa's got some, uh, some, um, what do you want to call them? Other medical conditions. Yeah, other medical yeah. conditions or pre-existing. And, and, um, she's still fighting it. Uh, I mean, she, she obviously is, is, uh, testing negative. Or not obvious, but she's still got the residual effects going. Yeah, on. yeah. You know, I tried to explain to her what long hauling was, and she says you drive a truck for a while. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I tried to explain the whole long haul thing to her. She goes, "There's no such thing as that." <laughs> well, yeah, you can't fucking taste, and you don't have a voice, and you're chunky in your chest still, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So now everyone in the household is negative. You guys are oh, starting yeah. back to normal. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And so uh that lasted roughly about about a week, give or take, that you guys had it. And then uh and then you, you reported back and said like, Hey, we're all negative, we're good to go. Yeah. And yeah. then the very next day, what happened, Jeff? <laughs> um, <laughs> my other half tested positive for COVID. <laughs> so I take it. I take a test, and I'm barely got it, and probably about. Uh, what the fuck you mean? You barely got it? Either well, you got it or you don't. I had it, but it, <laughs> but it wasn't as bad. 
You were asymptomatic. Basically. And about five days later, I tested again, and I still got my negative test thing, like I was showing in the, in the webcam. <laughs> still negative. <laughs> yeah, so, the test itself hasn't changed. Right? No, it hasn't changed. <laughs> so, but we're over it, and I think he's, my uh, my, my partner's still got a little, he's got more of the, the phlegm going on than I do. Right. right, right. Well, you that, said that you you didn't really have much uh, effects from it. Uh, no, I didn't. But your roommate, I know he has a lot of, uh, much like uh, Dwayne's wife Alyssa, he has a lot of uh, pre-existing medical conditions. Yeah. How did he handle it? Oh, it, it just it tore him up. Yeah, it, he, he had no energy. Uh, and he's coughing. all vaccinated, ain't he? Yeah, he's vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's because I had a mixture of uh, the Pfizer vaccine and the Johnson & Johnson shot. <laughs> and just doing vaccine cocktails now? Yeah, why not? <laughs> well, I, I, I went into the VA and I asked them the same fucking thing. I had Alyssa with me. I said, you know, what do we get? And they said, right here, we got Johnson & Johnson. So I took that and then... When it came to get boosters, I said, what do you want us to do? Some people are saying to do a Pfizer and Johnson mix. Other people are saying just run with the Johnson. What the fuck you want me to do? Yeah. Well, I took the mix, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I th- hold I, on. Uh, yeah, Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson mix. Right. Uh, got all the kids vaccinated too, so that's good. They all fall in age brackets, and I can do that. Um, now, did they I, get the mix like you did, or did they go somewhere else for that? No, nah, they 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 had to get the uh, they had to get the full Pfizer because Pfizer was the only one that they're uh, authorized. I gotcha. believe it's, you know, I believe it's the only one Savannah and Cheyenne were authorized. Oh, because the age. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. I mean, Trevor's nineteen now. So, so he could get whatever, yeah. Right. Um, I, I got to thank my uh, my wonderful uh, uh, satanic nurse out there in in the, in the world out there, Marie Marie <laughs> Query. Yeah, Marie <laughs> Query. She 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 called me up and checked on me, and so thank you, my dear. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are both feeling better and both free of the virus now. And we can actually do this. Um, it does mean we're going to have to do a twofer. Hopefully, it'll be this month. It might be the like first couple of days in March. We'll see. But uh, our next episode will be a Wicked Warrior of the Month. We'll be highlighting some some special people um, that are part of the Infernal Legion. Uh, I did want to ask you, Jeff, real quick, uh, yeah. because you're involved in Sea Cadets. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are the kind of what are the protocols that are going on? Uh, with an organization like that concerning the virus and vaccinations and stuff like that? Uh, right now, they're encouraging people to get vaccinated, wearing masks when appropriate. Uh, we check temperatures um, and make sure nobody has been exposed to COVID in the past two weeks and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. So pretty standard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just it, didn't know it, if it was going very- to be more... It varies state to state, but we, you know, basically, we try to follow the CDC and FDA guidelines. Right. Okay. 
All right, gents. Well, let's talk about our sponsors real quick. The uh, the wonderful individuals who support our show and uh, and support our efforts in the real world. Uh, and I want to start off with our good friends at the Warlock Emporium. Bespoke items for the chosen few. This is the only website authorized to sell satanic warlock merchandise based off of the designs and symbols created by Magister Dr. Robert Johnson in the book, The Satanic Warlock. They also sell the book. So I highly recommend picking that up and giving it a read. And then while you're there, get yourself some swag with that sexy W on it as well. The warlockemporium.com now offering a 10% military discount. Uh, you'll just have to email the, uh, the owner once you want to make your purchase. I also want to talk about, and we've talked about it before, Magister Blanche Barton's new book, We Are Satanists. What a wonderful, gigantic brick of a book. <laughs> it is huge. It is the follow-up, of course, to her 1990 book, The Church of Satan, but it is so much bigger than that and details not only the history uh, from the foundation of The Church of Satan, but now also into uh, Magus Gilmore and Magister Nadramia's uh, reign as high priest and priestess, and uh, special whole chapters dedicated to the work of the individual Church of Satan members and what they're doing, including our very own Infernal Legion. So thank you very much for the shout-out, Magister Barton, and make sure that you pick up We Are Satanists from any bookseller, really, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, so on and so forth, but also from satanme.com. Uh, that's where we really recommend that you go to pick it up. And speaking of good books, I would be remiss not to mention my good friend Kevin I. Slaughter's Underworld Amusements Project. Uh, they are the publishers of The Satanic Scriptures by Magus Peter H. Gilmore. They are the publishers of Infernalia by Magister Michael Rose. Uh, they also published Letters from the Devil, the old column written by Anton LaVey that appeared in the uh, one of the Inquirer magazines back in the 1970s. I forget which one. Um, in addition to all kinds of other stuff, like uh, the Might is Right Authoritative Edition, uh, Egoist classics from uh, Max Stirner and Benjamin DeCassiers and so on and so forth. So much good stuff at underworldamusements.com. Go check it out because remember, Satanism represents study, not worship. And, uh, gents, I think that's everybody. Right? No. 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 Who do you think? Who's our host? Oh, that's right. <laughs> RadioFreeSatan.com. Thank you very much to Radio Free Satan and the whole team over there for letting us hold this podcast on their service. Uh, there's all kinds of other podcasts on here. A little bit later in the episode, you'll hear some commercials from those other shows. There's everything from comedy bits to, to music to shows like this. RadioFreeSatan.com, the media wing of the Church of Satan. Did I get everybody this time? Yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> All right, gents, what do you think? Shall we get into it? We've got a lot to talk about happening in the world of the military right now. Yeah, enough of our bullshit. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Let's start off with, uh, with something that everyone knows. Uh, Congress sucks. Well, <laughs> Sweetly. <laughs> you came about that. You came about that. How? <laughs> So uh, this article comes from Task and Purpose. Uh, Congress voted against expanding GI Bill benefits to the National Guard and Reserves. Now, 
I'm going to get into why this specifically popped up on our radar um, in just a minute, but uh, I want to kind of explain what this bill was going to do. The bill was going to expand GI benefit, uh, GI Bill benefits to uh, National Guard and Reserve troops so they could use it, use the post-9-11 GI Bill in the same way that the active duty troops do. Um, as of right now, reservists get a certain amount of money for college. I, I forget what the number is. I think it's like 50000 or something for college, which, as we all know, is a drop is merely a drop in the bucket with college tuitions being what they are. Uh, the National Guard is a little different because they're a state-run organization. So in certain states, they, you could go to college completely free um, as long as it's an in-state college and not a private university. Uh, in other states, you get a stipend much like the, the reserves. And in some states, you don't get anything. <laughs> for college, really, except for placement. Uh, you might get advanced placement. Mm. Um, what this bill would have done is, is essentially federalize everything and give all National Guardsmen and reservists uh, the GI Bill as the active duty troops use it. But it was struck down in Congress, and it was struck down not just by your typical lazy legislatures that we've all come to know and hate, but three dozen 36 veterans in Congress all voted against this bill as well. <laughs> veterans voted against expanding the GI Bill. Now they don't now they, shit. They've got, they get $200,000 a month for the rest of their life. What the fuck well, and most care? of them are officers, so that should tell you something. <laughs> Zeroes trying to oh. be heroes. <laughs> So, among the 36 veteran Congress members who voted against this bill, all branches of service, with the exception of Space Force, are represented. Space Force. And and, uh, most of them are officers, but I believe, if I'm reading this right, three of them were were enlisted beforehand. So, I take back my officer comment a little bit, (laughs) but not much. Um. There are some notable names in this, such as Representative Don Young, a Republican from Alaska, uh, Army veteran and House's longest-serving member, the House of Representatives member. Uh, The one that actually kind of made my eye twitch a little bit, and that's a joke, but you'll get it here in a minute, Representative Dan Crenshaw, Republican from Texas, (laughs) (laughs) the former Navy SEAL who has one eye. and is probably most famous for appearing on Saturday Night Live uh, in, in one of their segments, on one of their news things. Um, the, the, the negative votes uh, represent a little bit less than half of the total veterans in Congress. There are, so there are currently 76 members of the House of Representatives who are military veterans. Um, 36 voted against this bill. A couple of the ones who didn't vote against this bill didn't vote on a period. They weren't there in the session for whatever reason. You know how Congress is. So it's hard to tell which way they would have gone. But uh, I've, I've been saying, and I said in past episodes, and I want to get you guys' take on this, I, I, I've talked often about how if we want stuff to start working, if we want to, the government to start working for veterans, then veterans have to get involved. And one of the best ways to get involved, obviously, is to be elected to the legislature. But it appears that I was wrong. 
that even getting elected to legislature won't guarantee that you give a fuck about your fellow veteran. So what is the solution here? Are we just doomed? <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, it, to me, it, I really don't. To I, me, I, well, I was about to say to me, it's people putting party over 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 the uh, country. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I, Unfortunately, Lou, Lou, though, made it, Lou made it very, uh, he, he was very careful not to include any party affiliation with any I didn't, I didn't, say, I didn't I, say that. I just said. <laughs> the, pro- no. the problem is, is that of these 36, both of these 36 come from Republicans, Democrats, and one independent. Yeah. Right, right. So uh, I don't think that it's a party issue in, in, in these kinds of cases. I mean, you can't if if thirty six veterans, Republicans, Democrats, and Independents are all voting against veteran legislature. That's not a party issue. That's a a son of a bitch issue. Well, yeah. <laughs> my, my, bottom line, when you get really down to it, it's the lobbyists and all that bullshit is what it is. Yeah, you need to get rid but, of the all, lobbyists. And that, that that's where I that's where I came in originally and said these guys are get even when they're not in Congress. Are going to get two hundred and some thousand dollars a month for the rest of their lives. Oh, they sure. yeah. they really give two squirts of piss right now. And you got the lobbyists who are paid to get them reelected right now, getting their money to get reelected, getting them you know their little side cash here and there. You know that that means more to them than than the brotherhood does. It really sucks. Yeah. Well, and it's it, it's really uh, frustrating too because uh, you know, like I said, so I mentioned that this comes from all. But now, I'll I'll go ahead and say because this is public information. The majority of these thirty six were Republicans, right? Um, but there were uh, a handful of Democrats in that number and one independent. Um, it also bridges the gap. We only have one independent uh, over there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of, uh, of military service. Um, there are war heroes in this mix, and there are pogues in this mix. There are people who served in the time of peace, and there are people who joined up and did all their service during time of war. There are, like I said, all branches except Space Force. There are officers, and apparently a couple of enlisted as well. Like it really seems to me that they're the only thing that that is binding these people together is the love of fucking over their fellow veteran. Yeah. And um, and I know that that a lot of what they uh, spoke about, at least the the three members from that crew who spoke about uh, why they voted the way they did, um, said that they would like to see uh, better college benefits for the guard and reserves, but that this bill was uh, was not the right bill because of the way you know spending and all that. Now, personally, I'm getting a little sick and tired of hearing about spending issues for veterans from college because they certainly find the fucking money every time they want to send us to war. But they apparently can't find it when we're home and we need help. So, uh, Prime example, VA. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I know right now I'm pissed at these people um and it doesn't even affect me i've already used my gi bill and uh and and i did most of my time in active duty but i'm still pissed about it because this is the kind of thing that our organization and other veteran service organizations like ours exists for is to help vets adapt to civilian life and sometimes that means college and here was a prime opportunity laid at the feet 
of 36 veterans who had the power to do something about it, and they chose to just jerk off all over it. Well, <laughs> the, the point I was trying to make by saying party over the com- country is, you know, you know, I, I'm not picking on the Republicans. I'm not picking on the Democrats. <laughs> but I'm going to pick on the Republicans this time. <laughs> People who know me know I pick on both parties. So this time I'm picking on the Republicans. You sit there, you claim yourself to be the party of the military and the veterans, and you pull this bullshit. Kiss my ass. That's the end ramp. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's always easy to go through uh, Congress's record and point out just how because we know politicians are corrupt. All politicians are corrupt. Always, we know that. It's it, we can easily go in and find shit that uh, that Democrats have done that that suck for veterans. But the Democrats don't present themselves to be the party of veterans. The Republicans play into that. They wave as many American flags as they can and thank you for your service videos and and blah blah blah. And a lot of the places where uh, that are Republican dominated in the country are where most of the veterans come from. So that that plays into it as well. Um, but right now, I'm not seeing any party do fucking anything for the veterans. <laughs> Both parties suck dick. <laughs> so, no, I think you hit that spot on. But, so I mean, something's got to fucking change, right? Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm just being an idealist when I say that. Um, <laughs> but there, there are too many fucking veterans in this country. And as we'll talk about later, there's about to be a handful more. Um, that uh, that should have some sway in fucking society, but as long as we get our ten percent Applebee's discount, I guess we're not gonna fuck either. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the next fucking stupid thing the military's doing, <laughs> or the government is doing, I should say. Um. And this is uh, the Navy and Marine Corps are about to do a full inspection of military housing on their various bases. Um, This article comes from military.com. Navy and Marine Corps starting to inspect all privatized military housing. Now, that headline is a little misleading. I want to be clear about something. There is no such thing as non-privatized military housing in the military anymore, with the exception of general rank officers or admiral rank officers. Um, all, all housing has been turned over to private companies. Most of these private companies actually got stood up overnight when the military, when the DOD started to do this. Um, and they're composed of people who worked for military housing beforehand. (laughs) Can can I interject something there real quick? Go for it. Uh, I served out in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And Hawaii is a son of a bitch to get housing for. Um, I, I I was there for probably a quarter of my of my time on the island before I even got into military housing. They do have housing off post that is non for 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 less than general or admiral. No, that's uh, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Uh, 
Okay. Military housing is still military housing, but that housing is owned and operated by private companies now, all across the board. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's still military housing, but it's not owned by the military. Oh, it, 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 it was nuts out. No, I'm telling you, it was nuts out there in Hawaii. I would, I would go to finance every couple of days, about every four days, and they would give me almost ten grand. Mm-hmm. To go stay in hotels, rent a car, uh, you know, eat and everything else down in Honolulu, because right. they had no they had no housing for me and the old lady. Right. Well, this this gets into something a little deeper than just the the lack of housing, which is in and of itself is a big problem. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this article comes from military.com. The Navy and the Marine Corps have started conducting health and safety inspections of more than sixty two thousand base houses a move that will allow services to meet requirements in the 2020 defense policy law. The inspections to be conducted by an independent contractor began last October for the Navy and January 18th for the Marine Corps. They will be completed by October, according to the services. Until now, both the Marine Corps and the Navy had been conducting inspections of housing by request, while the Army and Air Force pledged to examine 100% of their public-private venture, or PPV, housing stock, in the wake of a 2019 scandal over the health and safety conditions in military homes. Now... That's the key. That's the linchpin here. Why is the Navy and the Marine Corps doing a 100% inspection uh, like the Army and the Air Force have pledged to do as well? Uh, because the DOD was directed, had to be directed by Congress to fix this, uh, <laughs> this pretty shitty situation that's happening in the military. Military housing, ever since being privatized, now you can draw whatever connection with that you want, I'm not trying to feed you one, but ever since being privatized has had black mold issues, had broken plumbing issues uh, in some uh, states where like uh, tornadoes and extreme weather are a problem. There are houses that the bottom half is used by someone. The top half is unusable because the roof is caved in and it's been left that way for almost a decade. <laughs> um, uh There are uh, scorpion infestations in the West and mice infestations in the East. (laughs) There are just a whole host of things that are wrong with houses. There's even some military housing that's been reported in the Northeast that still has lead paint in the walls and asbestos insulation. So... Congress had to step in and make this a law so the D&D would implement it so that these services could get out and inspect their house. They got sick of the old people on the mesothelioma commercial, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the unfortunate thing is that because of the nature of the of the military and the whole you know bullshit excuse of national defense, we'll never know how many lawsuits they got over this, how much they had to pay out or didn't have to pay out. And to be quite honest, they'll inspect them all day long, but we'll never know if this problem is actually fixed until the next batch of lawsuits comes out. I've never seen housing as bad as you described it. It's terrible. It's terrible, and it's almost across the board. And like I said, it's only gotten worse since it became privatized. Yeah. Uh, right, right. And and they and they say they want to. If you privatize it, it gets it makes them it's so much better. <laughs> uh, excuse I, I, me. Well, then they, they want to privatize the VA. 
it makes it a lot easier for private companies to bend the U.S. government over and fuck them out of money. Exactly. Right. That's yeah. all it is. The people working for the PPV companies are much better off after right. the privatization. They're making a lot of money. Uh, all they're going to do is put in certain form for this or that, and they get what they need from supplier or whatever, and turn around, sell it, <laughs> do whatever. I got yeah, you. It's, it's absolutely fucking nuts. So now they're inspecting these houses, but what hasn't been announced, so this article talks about the uh, the housing, the inspection of the housing, but what hasn't been talked about or even mentioned in anything that I've read about this subject now is what their fucking plan is to fix something when they inspect it and find it lacking. Isn't that the standard, <laughs> the standard operating procedure of the U.S. government? <laughs> Inspect it, find out that it's wrong, hide it, don't fix it. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe this, these, this new uh, DOD policy um, and these inspections will have some kind of positive out, uh, uh, effect on, on military housing. But just like with veterans getting elected to Congress and actually helping vets, I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> Although if I'm in military housing, I might want to with all that black hole. <laughs> all right, gents. Any final thoughts on this, on the housing situation? Not for me. Not for me. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break and hear about some of those other fantastic shows here on Radio Free Satan. We'll be right back with some more news from around the world. So many people are so worried about what everybody else does. You know, you can't legalize pot, even forgot with glaucoma or AIDS, and you can't have an abortion, and you can't have an interracial marriage, and you can't do this. God, are you going to hell? Religious people? Really religious people get me. Religious white people? You're the worst. Because Jews don't really give a shit what you do. Jews are just out there trying to make money and eat and have a good time. We don't, we're not sure what goes I don't even know. I'm a Jew. I, I went to Hebrew school. I'm not sure what the hell goes on. We don't believe in heaven. There's no hell. There's no Jesus. We're just, eh. You be asking Jew, well, explain the Bible to me. Well, you know, eh. Yeah, you know, eh. I'm fine. I don't know. But religious white people, you're the bunch of dickheads that you have no patience for anything. Everybody's going to hell unless they're just like you. Blacks are going to hell and gays are going to hell and Jews are going to hell. We're all going to hell, which is fine with me. Because I'll tell you right now, the Jews will cater, blacks will entertain, the homos will decorate, it'll be one big fucking party! (laughs) Big party at Satan's house! Come on down! My name is Reverend Bill M., and if you like religion-bashing laughter and other comedy that's not made for the masses, then check out The Devil's Mischief. Visit devilsmischief.com for more details. The Devil's Mischief, carnal comedy clips, and netherworld novelty numbers available on Radio Free Satan. Take a trip back to the 1980s with me, Warlock Jeff Ivins, on the Metro Radio Free Satan's show highlighting the new wave and other hits from the indulgent decade. Only on RadioFreeSatan.com This is Reverend Gene, the host of Voxitane, exclusively on Radio Free Satan. Join me every week as we indulge in the classical side of music spanning the past 1,000 years. 
Voxatani has already featured over 700 composers covering medieval, baroque, classical, romantic, and contemporary music, including chant, choral, opera, keyboard, and orchestral music, with composers ranging from Gluck to Gilmore, Bach to Bellevance, Talis to Taverner, and Paganini to Perth. Get your weekly recommended dose of classical music right here on Voxatani, only on Radio Free Satan, with me, Reverend Jean. Hail Satan! Attention iTunes users, if you like this show and other programs from Radio Free Satan, then please take a moment to look us up on iTunes to rate and comment on the program. You can also do the same on Stitcher.com. Look up this program on Stitcher.com, rate it, and give us a review. And that's if you like the show, of course, you know, that you want to give it five stars and a good review, not, you know, give it one star and say a bunch of mean things. But hey, if you want to do that, then I'm sure there are a bunch of Christian podcasts on iTunes that you could do that on. Anyway, thank you for your support of RadioFreeSatan.com. And now back to the program. Welcome back to the official Infernal Legion podcast, the Sinister Scuttlebutt episode for the month of February, year 57, Anno Satanus. And, uh, you know, while we were on break, I thought about something from that last story that I, I wanted to just kind of mention real quick. And that is uh, the military-industrial complex. Right. A, a lot of people talk about the military-industrial complex. It's near universally hated, even though it keeps growing every year. Um, but I think that people have an issue with recognizing that the military-industrial complex is so much more than just arms dealers and security contractors. Because right? that's what everyone thinks of. They think of the Raytheons and the Boeings and the uh, Dynacorps and you know Blackwater and groups like that. Um, so people who build planes and ships and people who design missiles and, and security contractors, like I said. But they never think about the smaller part of the military-industrial complex, things like you know the public-private um, housing that happens on military bases, or KBR when we were over in Iraq doing all the... Uh, KBR. KBR. Um, <laughs> all the building, all the stuff like that. That's all handled by private companies, and that is a part of the military-industrial complex. And in some cases, an even bigger part of the military-industrial complex than the arms dealers and the shipbuilders and, and whatnot. Um, so I think it's something that, that uh, more people should consider a part of that overall problem just my because, two cents because you must have your Kellogg Brown and Root <laughs> hey part of the military industrial complex <laughs> alright oh, go, go ahead the Cheney uh, industrial complex oh it started way before him <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about something everyone in the military loves to talk about. War. <laughs> uh, this article comes from the Military Times. United Arab Emirates and the United States military intercept Houthi missile attack targeting Abu Dhabi. Uh, the United Arab Emirates uh, intercepted two ballistic missiles fired by Yemen's Houthi rebels over the skies of Abu Dhabi earlier Monday. Uh, authority set the second attack in a week the second attack in a week that targeted the emirati capital the missile fire (laughs) the missile fire further escalates tensions across the persian gulf which previously had seen a series of assaults near but never indisputably on emirati soil it comes during yemen's years-long war and the collapse of iran's nuclear deal with world powers american troops at the al-dafra air base 
in the capital took shelter in bunkers during the attack and fired back with their own Patriot missiles. There are approximately 2,000 U.S. service members and personnel at Aldafra Air Base, CENTCOM spokesperson Navy Captain Bill Urban said. There are no American casualties at this time. Now, I'm going to pause there because the rest of this article, what they never mention is if there were any Emirate casualties or if the Patriot missiles that were fired back actually did anything. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, actually, they, they intercepted the two missiles. Yeah, they, they actually fired back two Patriot missiles. No, they were the they Patriot missiles were defensive. The Patriot, right. so they were fired to take out the at the Hoovy at the Hoovy missiles. Oh, but that's not what it says. Well, that's but what that, it says after it was intercepted. They fired you, back. Uh, well, that's what's implied if you know what the Patriots do. Yeah, they're not. They're not a uh, ground-to-ground missile. They're a ground-to-air. No. All right, well, then the article was poorly written. Yes. Uh, what so, else is uh, new? Right. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, yeah, if you've, ever, if you've ever been in the, in the area of a, of a uh, Patriot missile going off, you'd remember it, because... <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I had just completed my basic training, and I might have, let's see, I was, I got out of my basic training in February, and I was, well, February, March, yeah, something like that, and I was in uh, Dahran in uh, January of the next year, Dahran is a major, major port city in Saudi Arabia. And they, they had us in these big, it, you know how Doha was in uh, Kuwait, mm-hmm. the the big warehouses. That's that's yeah. where that's where they put us. They were just like those big warehouses. They had us on cots, and I, I'm I'm not ashamed to say it because it happened. But I lay there in bed, and the fucking sirens went off, and what happens is these rockets from the from the Patriots. They leave the the cannon at Mach two. Mm. I mean, they they just the building shook, and I pissed myself. Yep, <laughs> I was seventeen years old. <laughs> I pissed myself. I'm just laying there, and it's like it's fucking building shakes. And we hit. I we think hit. I don't think I've ever heard. A, a vet who deployed to Iraq not have a pissing themselves story from Kuwait. Every mm-hmm. single one I've talked to, we've all pissed ourselves in Kuwait at some point. Yep. <laughs> it must be something in the water. <laughs> uh, you were out of the boat. Fuck you. Uh, hey, bite me, bitch. <laughs> uh, all right, so Another highlight of this article. So what this basically means is that Yemeni rebels uh, are targeting um, the capital of the UAE. Uh, and this is not this is not just limited to the UAE and, and these rebels. This strike particularly was. But in general, this is happening all over, including in Iraq, where, you know, we're, we're supposedly not at combat anymore. Um, and 
the highlight here is the there are approximately 2,000 U.S. service members and personnel at Al Ghafra Air Base. Um, now, that's just one base in the UAE, uh, but there's 2,000 personnel there. Uh, recently, we talked about an article where another 1,000 troops were deployed to the Horn of Africa. We know there's about 2,500 to 3,500 troops in Iraq still, and yet everyone seems to be under the impression that the global war on terrorism is over. <laughs> Wrong zubra. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm having trouble uh, explaining to people that Afghanistan was not GWAT. It it was part of GWAT, but it was not the whole thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't think they get it, and they just assume that the global war on terrorism is over now, and uh, and the media reports on it that way. Uh, and yet still has to tell stories like this where it's clear that the global war on terrorism is still happening. And the disconnect in this country is fucking insane. And I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that they send us halfway across the world so they can forget about what we're doing over there. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just I gotta laugh at the whole urgency of uh, getting everybody out of Afghanistan. We gotta get out of Afghanistan. We gotta get out. Why? So we can go and deploy to five other countries. <laughs> right. It does seem like all those troops were just redistributed mm-hmm. <laughs> across the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. We have three thousand in Syria as well. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, yes, because we did just take out an ISIS leader. Yes, yeah, but we're not fighting the global war on terrorism. No, no, <laughs> we, that, we just we just went in there. We take out who we want when we want. Hey, that dude's right. there. Okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, so uh, as I said in the article, this is the second strike in a week on the UAE. Now, the UAE is is well known. Uh, it's the home of Dubai. It's well-known as, as one of the most tourist-friendly Middle Eastern countries um, and Western-friendly Middle Eastern countries. Um, but uh, Qatar has also <laughs> richest, been targeted. Richest countries. As well, yeah, I think it's the richest country in the world right now, or like second or third, something like that. Yeah, right um, up there with Kuwait. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but, you know, so the UAE has been targeted, Qatar has been targeted, even Saudi Arabia has been targeted. And they're something like an ally. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, like I said, Iraq has been targeted. And I got a boil on my ass, and I don't call that an ally. <laughs> so clearly, the, what, I, what I'm trying to get at here is, like, as I said, the global war on terrorism <clears throat> is not over. We're still at war. And... Uh, uh, People seem oblivious to this fact. Um, what do you guys think the root cause of that is? Stupidity. Money. Laziness. Money. Greed. Oil. <laughs> that falls under greed. Falls under money. <laughs> that's. I guess that's one way of looking at it. Now, of course... Um, I bring this up, and I'm reticent to talk about it yet because we don't have all the information currently. But not only is the global war on terrorism going on, but as we know, and as we've reported on the show, there are troops and weapons being deployed to Ukraine 
uh, at a much higher tempo. Well, have we ever noticed? Have we ever noticed that when the uh, the economy starts taking a hiccup, and, you know, inflation starts happening, and this and that, people say, "What's going on in the world?" You know, we need a good fucking war. Have you ever noticed that? Well, I, I I would say that's not the case here because we haven't stopped being at war since well, two thousand and one. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need we need to actively have our nose in something. Yeah, uh, well, and I can't for the life of me figure out why the fuck we care about Ukraine. Uh, oil, oil. There's a pipeline the pipe, going. There's the a pipeline, pipeline that goes through Ukraine. Natural gas. Uh, it's not oil. Well, it's natural gas. gas. But no, the whole thing is basically it. Listen to Carlin when he talks about that. He's like, um, he's like, you know, we've been around two, over two hundred years, and you know, we've had like twenty major wars and all this other shit. So you know, we're, we're just oh, there, a warlike is, people. Yeah, there there is something to be said certainly for our, our bloodthirstiness. I mean, it was a country born out of blood, and uh, and it's never really dipped its toes out of blood for the entire time it's been around. Um, we always got something going on in the world. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't buy the pipeline, uh, BS in Ukraine, because if, um, if that was a real reason for us to possibly risk a war with Russia, then we should have just finished the pipeline. There's, the US that we there's also, there's also waterways there, for yeah. major ports and stuff, you know, over by Crimea and stuff. Those, those are essential waterways. Essential to and, who? And to us. Yeah, Ukraine. actually it is. To Ukraine and us. It is to us for trade and for if, defense. But. If, uh, if the waterways in Crimea are a concern for us, then so is the opium in Afghanistan. <laughs> it's, it, 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 to me, it all smacks of bullshit. It's all, it's all warmongering and an excuse to go do something. Because heaven forbid we ever sign a fucking treaty with Russia if they do invade. Right. <laughs> and still use those waterways. So, um, but there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole lot we could talk about with that. In fact, uh, uh, I saw... Ru- Russia not wanting them to go NATO. I mean... Yeah, yeah. That, well, that, that brings up one of the things that uh, I, I recently heard a very compelling argument and they don't have the information in front of me, so we'll we'll have to do a whole episode on the Ukraine. Uh, but it was a compelling argument for breaking up NATO, right? Um, and and when you kind of think about it, NATO might be the reason why all this is a problem. See, I can tell you, I that there's there's nothing in the Ukraine that's absolutely dire straits for the United States, but there is for people in Europe, and most of the people in Europe are members of NATO, and so we have to care. Well, the whole problem is if you belong to NATO, I don't care how good you are friends with Ivan's or how much you hate him. If he comes under attack, you're obligated to go and help him. Right. And because, that's because because you're part of the club. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's why the global war on terrorism got so out of hand, because the U.S. called in its marker on NATO. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> it's called Article 5. So, uh, and the NATO charter, basically, if one one country, Russia doesn't want Ukraine to be part of NATO. N- Ukraine does. So, you know, but it but is what it is. In, re- in retro, Russia is part of another niche group that is like NATO, but it has to do with China 
and and uh, all those groups of communist countries over there. So they've got their own little group that is almost exactly like NATO, but it's, it's called something else. It, 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 let's see, the symbol is a three, six, eight-point star with uh, arrows coming off each of the star points. Now, that's the symbol for it. I can't remember exactly what the <clears throat> what the organization's called, but it it mirrors NATO for the for the communists. Well, there is a lot. There's a lot going on in Ukraine, and there's a lot we could talk about uh, in that. Uh, obviously, I think one of the things that we've all noticed is how heavily uh, the the typical faces are beating the war drums uh, for right. us to go down. Um, so that's a problem in and of itself. But why don't we go ahead and, and pick like maybe the next Sinister Scuttlebutt episode and just break this whole thing down. Maybe we'll even be at war then and we'll have more information. Well, they're saying it could happen any day. They're calling for it to happen before the Olympics ends. Yeah, that's uh, part of the problem with the media. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw that, but earlier today, uh, Bloomberg released a headline that says that Russia officially invaded the Ukraine. And then they had to pull it real quick. Like, oops, that was an accident. Sorry. Well, make <laughs> make make sure you guys get your get your cups, your 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 Dixie cups, and your string out. Because shit, by then we can have EM bombs in the air, and you know, oh, sure. we we'll, won't we'll be able to do none of this shit. We'll have to communicate by Dixie cup and spr- uh, Dixie cup and string. Yep, and then and in the 1950s, kids were hiding under their desks because of the imminent nuclear threat. Oh yeah, that was going to help them. So. I'll, I'll be as concerned uh, about Russia <laughs> today as they were back then. Right. <laughs> um, all right. Fort Knox, Kentucky. Everyone knows Fort Knox. It's where we used to have gold. <laughs> <laughs> now it stores most of the world's parasites. <laughs> parasites. Uh, and, Fort and, Knox and uh, police shoots kill man. They say breach the main gate. Military police fatally shot a man who breached the main gate at Kentucky's Fort Knox and tried to run over officers, officials said. The shooting happened early Sunday when the man drove towards Fort Knox police officers after initially fleeing from them through the gate, which is near the U.S. Bullion Depository. That's why I brought up the gold. Uh, News outlets reported, uh, citing a statement from the Army Post. Um. So I guess the, the, the background here is that uh, there's obviously anyone who's been on a military base, there are multiple gates. They all have different names. Um, the gate closest to the Bullion Depository is called the Chaffee Gate. And uh, earlier in the day, they had reports of a suspicious individual hanging around that gate. Um, and it was, uh, let's see, three hours later. Uh, excuse me, I, I apologize. The uh, that ma- the same man tried to run the gate. Um, the officers uh, started a chase with him, so it sounds like he was actually successful in running the gate. Um, they stopped him and spent over ninety minutes trying to verbally de-escalate the situation uh, before he attempted to ram and strike the officers with his vehicle. Uh, they shot through the windshield and killed him. Yeah. So, so what have we learned from this, boys and girls? <laughs> don't, <I> don't, <laughs> uh, this is. I, I want to say since this podcast got started, this is the third time that we've had a story like this. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
And yet people don't seem to be getting the message. Like it's if you come up to a a military gate and you've got a bunch of soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, whoever, walking around armed to the uh, to the teeth. Not to mention a metal bar keeping you from going any further in. And a it's guy with his hand not out a good going, idea. Stop. Try and force your way in. Probably not. <laughs> well, I, actually, I think it's actually the fourth because we had one at the U.S. Capitol as well. Yes, there was we did. one at the U.S. Capitol that happened. Uh, what was that last year? Yeah, and basically, what happened? They had a January sixth. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but they they had a, a metal gate that came up out of the ground and stopped the vehicle dead on flat or. He crashed right into it. So, and if this guy actually got in enough to be chased, someone was slow on the button. There oh yeah, because those oh, things yeah. come out quick. <laughs> um, well, so that was a, a feel good story uh, to to come back from all the war talk. <laughs> it made me feel good. I laughed. <laughs> so uh, let's jump back into something that's going to make us uh, laugh and cry all at the same time. Uh, and this comes from the Army Times. New Mexico asks National Guard troops to substitute for sick teachers amid Omicron. Before I even get into this story, there's absolutely <laughs> no possible way this could go wrong. There's there's <laughs> nothing wrong with you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old soldiers uh, teaching a high school class with uh, with high school <clears throat> possibly happening. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Fe, New Mexico uh, is uh, New Mexico Private is the first Snu- state in the nation. Private Snuffy is in court today because <laughs> uh, New Mexico is the first state in the nation to ask National Guard troops to serve as substitute teachers at preschools and K-12 public schools uh, as preschools and K-12 public schools struggle to keep classrooms open amid surging COVID-19 infections. Democratic Governor Michelle Lujan uh, Grisham, Michelle Lujan Grisham, that's a weird name, announced Wednesday the unprecedented effort to reopen classrooms in the capital city of Santa Fe and shore up staffing across the state. New Mexico has been struggling for years to recruit and retain educators, leaving teaching routinely to long-term substitutes who do not have full teaching credentials. Enter the National Guard. Right. <laughs> oh, hey, Ivan, you've heard they've asked them down here too, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they've asked in Florida here for yeah. parents to come in and teach. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, not at the National Guard, but they've asked parents to do yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, well, they, see, this is different. This is mobilizing the National Guard. Right, 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 right. Um, so you're taking – so there's there's a, a whole slew of problems with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, First and foremost, it's just the nature of soldiers in general. <laughs> and, and today's kinder, gentler education system, the last guy you want is that uh, you know former drill sergeant who's now riding out his last few years <laughs> in the guard <laughs> to be teaching your kids. <laughs> Anybody ever watch The Substitute? <laughs> Dropping that bomb Go. left and right. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is your major malfunction? Um, also, you don't want a bunch of young soldiers in there because uh, how, how do I put this delicately? We're all drunk and horny all the time. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes, but um, I'm not a pedophile. 
Um, and then on top of that, I think is the larger economic question. So this is, you know, all that, all that other stuff is, is fun to talk about, and, you know, whatever, probably nothing will happen in, in regards to that, but it is, it, it's funny to talk about, but the bigger problem here is this isn't actually solving anything, right? Because the national guard does not exist in a vacuum. They're not just a people who hang out on their couch waiting to be called up. They all have jobs. They're citizen soldiers, right? So the civilian aspect of their life, if you activate them to come teach, you're pulling them out of another job. So there's still a break in the economic line. And then you've got to give them all the benefits of being on active duty for their bills and everything else. Right, so you're paying out more and losing more in your economy. Absolutely. It's it's a terrible plan, in my opinion. Um. Hence, picking on Democrats just like I do Republicans. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> that governor down there is a, is a fucking moron. I was going to say, New Mexico is not a shining star example for Democrats by any stretch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just don't. And, and now, this article that I was reading from, that was a little bit older. This, this program has started. Um, there's actually several hundred uh, National Guard troops currently teaching and substitute positions uh, in New Mexico. Um, but this is not a, it's not a good long-term solution. It's not even a good short-term solution, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. My, my short times in the Guard, I always look for uh, an opportunity to go on active duty to get away from all the bullshit. <laughs> I think I already. Well, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure for the soldiers themselves, it's it's a fun little vacation. But the the bigger picture is a lot more damaged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not with me. Um, Well, yeah. Like I said, you're not the typical National Guard soldier. You know, teaching and fucking is part of what we're worried about in New Mexico. Uh, (laughs) But uh, but honestly, I I I don't want this trend to catch on uh and i hope that it it gets settled before it does catch on in other states because the 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 long-term effects of something like this are nothing but negative i see no net positive in having soldiers come on active duty to teach children um in place of regular teachers i don't have a better solution for the state of new mexico i'm not an educator i don't have that you know, the knowledge of how to arrange stuff like that, but I'm just pretty damn sure that the National Guard is not it. <laughs> um, and on that note, I think we're all caught up for uh, this episode. Do you guys have any final thoughts on anything we talked about tonight? Negative. No, I think we uh, pretty much pretty much did what we needed to. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm aiming for about probably two to three weeks for our next episode. It will be a Wicked Warrior of the Month episode. We have some special guests who are going to be coming on. Um, So look forward to that. In the meantime, if you want more information about the Infernal Legion or you need to contact us for any reason, please visit our website at infernallegion.org or head up any of our social media pages. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're all over the place. So, until next time, gents, hail Satan.
Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Veteran Suicide Hotline. Phone number is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-TALK. And as soon as you dial that, you press number 1. Also, you can text to 838-255 for more information. But it is just as effective as chat. Support is free, confidential, and available 24-7. It is available to all servicemen and women, active and inactive, guard or reserve, and available to veterans, family members as well. 